Well, thank you for joining me. As you can tell, I'm just really passionate about reaching those people here in central Watford. And I know you are too. And we're going to grow in this together. And you're going to find your place in this, whether it's actually here, like really like right here in this locality, or wherever you're placed and positioned for purpose, wherever you're living. I really believe in what I call incarnational ministry, which means you, you do ministry where you're at, where you live. And you're going to bring life to where you live. And that's what we're going to hear about in just a moment as we enter into our sermon together. The first of three, a series on becoming. Now, um, as a church family, Tim kicked us off at the beginning of this year in January uh, saying, and, and it's a theme throughout this year, we are believing for a bold new future. And it's really important that we realize this is all about becoming. And then last week, as Tim preached, we had uh, Jockey Amasan who was painting these words because Tim was saying, well, who's going to write your future? Who's going to paint your future? And so we had Jockey, like literally here, visibly painting. And as you can see these words behind me, this is who we are becoming. This is what it means to have a bold new future. It means we are to become stronger in faith. We are to become deeper in prayer, and we're going to become bolder and witness. I'm just, I'm so glad. These are all statements of faith, but what's even more important about this is this isn't something we've just chosen. This isn't just something Tim's thought up of. This is something God has chosen for you. God has chosen for us, and he's revealing it to us in his word and by his spirit. And I thank God for Tim that he's raised up this vision and raised up this kind of banner and call to us as a church family to say, this is who we're becoming and we won't settle for anything less. And so as I come to share of the first part of a three-part series on what it is to become, I've been praying for you. I've been praying for us as a church family. And God gave me a vision, an image, a really clear image of a wellspring. And yes, we are the wellspring, but I don't just mean to be the wellspring in name, but God is calling us to become the wellspring in prophetic function, to actually become what our name is, to fulfill that vision. And the vision God gave me for the wellspring, I think it's really important for us to just think, think about this for a moment, to pause on this, to reflect on this. The wellspring that God is asking us to become, and this, this, this will be a journey, okay? This is a journey that God will take us on, and he will get us there, and he'll come alongside you, me, and go together and bring us more closely together in this. Tim even mentioned uh, in his preaching in the last couple of weeks about Isaiah chapter 43 and 44, looking at Israel and seeing how Israel went from Babylon they were called back into the promised land uh, from Babylon to Israel. This is a journey, and it's a journey of becoming. And so when we look at the wellspring, what does that mean? This is what I believe God has shared with me, to give it more definition, to really help us see this picture, and I hope you'll see it alongside me. The wellspring we are becoming is a spring of the Holy Spirit, overflowing, overflowing with living water. So much so that we would be streaming out into the wilderness around us. Despite the drought 
that we may be experiencing or even around us. We would be springs of the Holy Spirit, overflowing with living water, that brings transformation, transforming communities, transformation to the wastelands and to the broken things and to the rubbish in our world and lives, that actually the wastelands would become watered gardens, well-watered gardens. This is the wellspring we are to become. Not something we've chosen, but something God has chosen for us and will father us into and lead us through and fill us with the power to become all that he's called us to become. And in doing so, giving me this vision as I was praying for you, as I was praying for us, there was a, a contrast God brought to me about a well. And there's nothing wrong with a well, but we haven't been called to be a well. This is what I want us to grab hold of today. We've been called to be a well spring, not just a well. And you see, the thing with a well is a well contains water. It has water in it, which is good. It has it. But the water in a well stays still because it's in a well. And in fact, the way you get water is the well has to wait for people to draw water from it. The well just waits to be drawn from. Whereas a wellspring springs out with living water. It pours out, it streams, and it flows. It doesn't wait to be taken from, but it goes out into the communities. It streams out. It can't help itself. And that's what living water means. It's running, it's moving, it's active. And I take it as no coincidence today. I'm so excited by this. Kev, who many of you will know, he was um, looking at the fountain below the stairs in our foyer and he went to turn it on, but there was no water in it. And so Kev, I believe this is a prophetic act, Kev, he filled up a water canister and began to pour water into the fountain. I believe this is a picture for us as a Wellspring Church family of who we're becoming. God is going to refill us but not just fill us so we contain, but fill us so we overflow with living water. So much so that we're streaming out into the dry places and bringing transformation that the wasteland would become well-watered gardens. So hopefully you will join me on this journey. And we're going to end our time together really kind of confessing where we've been, but actually really committing to everything God has chosen us to become. And so to help us with that, obviously, as we look through stronger faith, deeper prayer, bolder witness, this is the wellspring. And I'm going to be looking a bit about stronger faith today, just as an introduction. But actually, throughout this year, we're going to spend a chunk of our time really looking at what stronger faith means. So we're going to have a series on that. We're also going to have a series on deeper in prayer. We're also going to have a series on bolder and witness. And again, I don't want this just to be a name, just something we go through. But there's going to be some prophetic function that's going to come out of this. And you're going to help be part of this. We're going to be actively engaged in this, not just receiving and hearing. But God's going to speak to you. God's going to speak to us. And we're going to actually do some of this stuff. But again, I I want to make it clear. Tim really hit it on the head last week. This is not so much about what we accomplish. This isn't about what we will do. This is more about who we are becoming and who God has chosen us to become. And so to help us with this, today we're going to look at Peter. 
We're going to look at Peter and his journey of becoming like a wellspring, but actually his journey of becoming stronger in faith. And our key text for this year is from Acts chapter 4. So if you've got your Bibles with you, your devices with you, please do turn to Acts chapter 4 with me. We're going to read from verses 8 to 21. And I'm, I'm actually going to come back to this later in February, but I want to give you an overview of Peter, just looking at significant moments in his life. And this is kind of like a vision. It's not even the final picture, but this is a vision of Peter being like a wellspring, a spring of the Holy Spirit overflowing with living water. Now, the context is, uh, in chapter 3, Peter and John, ha- uh, on their way to the temple to pray, they meet a beggar, a lame beggar, and Peter takes him by the hand and pulls him up, and there's this miracle that happens. This beggar can now walk. This lame beggar, who's been there for, I don't know, however many years, and now he can walk. And not only can he walk, he's jumping and praising God, and this gets the crowd's attention, the crowd's stirred up by this, and then Peter addresses this sermon or just preaches about Jesus, Jesus the risen king. And then because of that, you know, the temple guards or the temple council, they get really annoyed by this, and they throw Peter in jail. And so this is after Peter and John have been in jail, They are now, Peter is now addressing the Sanhedrin, the temple court, the temple council. And so we take it from verse 8. Says, sorry, let me just find verse 8. I got too excited. Here we go. Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, rulers and elders of the people, if we are being called on account today for an act of kindness shown to a man who was lame and are being asked how he was healed, then know this, you and all the people of Israel, it is by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead, that this man stands before you healed. Jesus is the stone you builders rejected, which has become the cornerstone. Salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. When they saw the courage of Peter and John and realised that they were unschooled, ordinary men, they were astonished and they took note that these men had been with Jesus. But since they could see the man who had been healed standing there with them, there was nothing they could say. So they ordered them to withdraw from the Sanhedrin and then conferred together. What are we going to do with these men, they asked. Everyone living in Jerusalem knows they have performed a notable sign and we cannot deny it. But to stop this thing from spreading any further among the people, we must warn them to speak no longer to anyone in this name. Then they called them in again and commanded them not to speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John replied, which is right in God's, which is right in God's eyes, to listen to you or to him. You be the judges, as for us, as for us. We cannot help speaking about what we have seen and heard. After further threats, they let them go. They could not decide how to punish them because all the people were praising God for what had happened. For the man who was miraculously healed was over 40 years old. So there you have it. Actually, this man was over 40 years old and received a healing. He was lame, but now he was jumping in the temple courts praising God. God. I mean, wow. How did, how did Peter get here? 
how did Peter... Peter, the fisherman, is going up against the Sanhedrin and teaching them about faith in the name of Jesus and experiencing the Holy Spirit. It's incredible. What a journey. And so I thought it'd be good together just to track this down. How did Peter become this wellspring of life? How did Peter become so stronger in faith? And so what we'll do, we'll go to the beginning of Peter's kind of calling. And so if you've got your Bibles with you again, turn with me to Matthew, uh, Matthew chapter 4, verses 18 to 20. This is the calling of Peter. Peter the fisherman. Says this. As Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, called Peter, and his brother Andrew. They were casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come, follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. At once they left their nets and followed him. Isn't it amazing to see Peter being chosen by Jesus? It's really important. You see, Jesus invited Peter to follow him. It was at Jesus' invitation. Do you know, even though there may not be a physical Jesus in front of us, today, I believe Jesus still calls each and every one of us, he actually calls us by name, to follow him. It's not based on your skill, it's based on his invitation. And it's based on his love for you. He cares for you so much that he's inviting you not just to follow him, but in the following of him, that you would get to know him. Get to know the love of God personified, to experience his love. And um, as we looked back from Tim sharing last week, he was looking at Israel, making that journey from Babylon back to the promised land, Israel. And he was preaching from chapter 44. And I just want to remind us, because I do believe this is prophetic of us as a church family. This is what chapter 44, verse 1 and 2 say. But now listen, Jacob, my servant, Israel, whom I have chosen. This is what the Lord says. He who made you, who formed you in the womb, and who will help you, do not be afraid. Jacob, my servant, Jeshurun, whom I have chosen. You see, Israel is synonymous with the New Testament church. You see, they kind of play together. They're mirrored here. And just as Israel was chosen as a nation, the church has been chosen by God too, to be his son. Well, actually, it's upgraded to be his bride, to be Christ's bride. This is what we're chosen. This is what we're part of. Now, part of being called by God, part of following Jesus, and that's what it is to be stronger in faith. That's what the journey Peter had, to become stronger in faith. He had to follow Jesus. But if you look in the text from, Acts chapter, uh, from Matthew chapter 4, you'll see he, he had to leave the nets behind. And again, this is so important. This is what Tim was sharing about. Get letting go of your rubbish. Put it in the skip. Get rid of it. Nothing compares to knowing Jesus risen. Nothing compares to having a relationship with the living King Jesus. But we've got to throw away our nets. You know, actually, John, who was with Peter in, in jail... John, when it mentions about him following Jesus, had to leave his father behind. I'm just really 
wonder, I question, what is it that God is asking us to leave behind, whether it's nets, whatever we're relying on to help us in our lives, or maybe even a relationship we're depending on where God wants us to depend more on him than the relationship or then the provision, what a net can bring. Hey, maybe even let go of Babylon, Israel. Let go of Babylon. I know you've settled here, and I ask you to, but why not make the journey back to the promised land? Because I want to take you there. That's where you belong. That's where we belong, on this journey with God to become the wellspring, the real wellspring, the prophetic wellspring, not just in name, but in reality, in function. And maybe for us, we need to look inside ourselves and say, yeah, I, I want to let go of the well. As good, as good as it may have been for me or how content I was with being a well and actually join in with what God is calling us all to become, a wellspring. Yeah. Second thing I want to share about today is uh, from Peter's confession. You'll find that in Matthew chapter 16, verses 15 and 18. And I'll read it to you. It says this, But what about you? He asked, this is Jesus, who do you say I am? Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. Jesus replied, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but my father in heaven. Peter became somebody who knew Jesus. Not only did he follow Jesus and experience his teaching and learn from the Torah and understanding from Jesus, but he got to know Jesus. And this part of getting to know was divine revelation from the Father, really from the Spirit of God. He got to know who Jesus truly was. But the funny thing is about Peter, and the funny thing is reflected on us, is we get revelation from God and then we tell God what it means. Or we tell God who Jesus is. And that's what you'll see with Peter. And Peter's on this journey, even though he's got revelation from God. And even though that revelation came from God, can I just encourage you for just a moment here? In fact, it's not just encouragement, it's a challenge. The revelation, even though it came from God, it actually came from Peter following Jesus. If we follow Jesus, if we walk with Jesus, stay in the teachings of Jesus... God will reveal new things that aren't just earthly things, but reveal things from heaven to us. We'll get divine revelation. But then again, even when we get revelation, it's very easy for us to then take that revelation and make it something about us. And this is the thing about belonging. See, Peter was chosen. And he wasn't just chosen by Jesus to follow him, but he was chosen to know Jesus and belong to Jesus. We are all chosen to follow Jesus, to know Jesus, but to belong to him. Just as Israel belonged to God the Father. Wow, to belong to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And something really important about that is that even though we belong to him, we have to be honest with ourselves. We mess up. We mess up. And even in terms of our messing up, Sometimes we mess up individually, but we can mess up as a church as well. Yeah. We can mess up revelation personally. We can mess up revelation as a church family. And that's not to beat ourselves up. Because isn't it reassuring when we look at Peter, how much Jesus loves Peter and has patience and perseverance and, and coming alongside him? Because Peter messes up. He tells Jesus who the Messiah should, 
what the Messiah should do, what the Messiah should make of himself and how he should be, when all along Jesus is simply here to tell us who we are, who you are. Don't tell Jesus who he is. He knows who he is and he knows what he should do, the Father's business, and he knows it better than anyone. But he's going to share to you, to me, how to become stronger in faith, and that's from knowing him. Stronger in faith is about knowing Jesus. And the Jesus we are to know is the Jesus we belong to, okay? We belong to him. He doesn't belong to us. And what I'm trying to say here is he doesn't belong to us in the way we tell Jesus who he is and how he should be with our lives. We belong to him. He leads us and guides us out of a love so supreme that it's a joy for us to be led by him and cared by him and shown the way. And for many of us, this is actually part of the journey is picking ourselves up, humbling ourselves. You know, Peter denied Jesus three times. And then after that, after Jesus rose again, he came to Peter and reinstated him. You can see this in John chapter 21. And there's this emphasis here of Peter really being heartbroken by it all, but humbling himself and obeying. It's really important to us that not only do we humble ourselves or pick ourselves up to the point of humbling ourselves, it's really important that we realize we have to obey him. The becoming, the belonging, all this comes from our relationship with God where we're surrendered to him, where we're walking with him and for him. We're about him and not about ourselves. We've let go of what's behind and we're moving forward to what is, but we're also journeying with the very presence and company of God. This is what Peter had. And as we see, there's a transition in Peter from the point he's reinstated. And we see this in Acts chapter 2. This is Peter's Pentecost. This is an incredible moment for Peter and all those in the room. There's 120 of them. And it says this. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled. Not only does Peter follow Jesus... Not only does Peter know Jesus, and that's a process and a journey where he's getting to know Jesus. But here in Acts chapter 2, when he is baptised in the Holy Spirit, when he experiences a Pentecost, Peter knows the Holy Spirit. And that's something we need to grow in as well as a church family, to become stronger in faith. It's about knowing the Holy Spirit. And just as Peter belonged to Jesus... Here's the take takeaway. We need to belong to the Holy Spirit. His ways, not our own. And you'll see this again. The Spirit's life, it overflows. And we're called to overflow with him too. If we come back to Tim's message on Isaiah chapter 44, I want to read again verses from 3 to 5 of chapter 44, looking at Israel again. Look at, look at how this mirrors not just the church, but it mirrors us today. 
For I, that's God, will pour water on the thirsty land and streams on the dry ground. I will pour out my spirit on your offspring and my blessing on your descendants. They will spring up like grass in a meadow, like poplar trees by flowing streams. Some will say, some will say, I belong to the Lord. Others will call themselves by the name of Jacob. Still others will write on their hand, the Lord's, and will take the name Israel. It's about knowing the Holy Spirit. And Peter even addresses the Holy Spirit. He says who the Holy Spirit is, and he goes on to talk from the prophet Joel. But you see, he ministers to those around him. So he ministers to the church. This is the birth of the church. But he also ministers to the seekers, those overhearers, those onlookers. He ministers to them because he knows the Spirit. Isn't it interesting? There's this journey of knowing Jesus from following him. But actually, right here for Peter, he knows the Spirit straight away and then preaches this word. We're invited to belong to the Holy Spirit. Will we belong to him? Will we let him choose our path in our way? And part of the belonging of Wellspring Church and becoming the Wellspring that God wants us to become is actually not just belonging to the Spirit and not just belonging to Jesus, but is to belong to one another. And I really do believe that's something of a prophetic essence for us as Wellspring Church over this year, despite restrictions, despite all these kind of uh, lockdown scenarios, God is inviting us in to know one another more. You know, uh, Jesus even says, this is how people will know you are my followers, that you love one another, that you love one another. And I know that's difficult when we're not even able to be in one place at one time, but we shouldn't just rely on this. And I'm speaking as a leader. I'm asking God, help me understand what it is to know my church family. Help us know one another, truly know one another as you want us to know one another. Finally, as time is running short, we look finally at Peter's confrontation. So we return back to Acts chapter 4, what I read at the beginning. And we're just going to look at verse 19 and 20 because this is a picture of where I believe God's taking us, what we're going to be. But Peter and John replied, which is right in God's eyes, to listen to you or to him? You be the judges. As for us, we cannot help speaking about what we have seen and heard. Peter is following the Holy Spirit. He doesn't just know the Holy Spirit, but he follows the Holy Spirit. Despite what other people are saying, despite how he may look, he follows the Holy Spirit. And this is in line with Galatians chapter 5. And I really believe God's laid that on my heart as a challenge to me and as, as, as the Wellspring Church, that not only do we live by the Spirit, which is really important, but we keep in step. We keep in step. Not just to live by him and rely on him to live, but we keep in step. Remember the journey of Israel from Babylon back to the Promised Land. It's about keeping in step with the Holy Spirit. And finally here, what we've seen is Peter has addressed a crowd that are hungry to hear. He's addressed the church and he's addressed the onlookers. Now here in Acts chapter 4, he's addressing opposition. And later on, further down the line in Acts, we see him address Gentiles. This is where God's taking us. 
Not just to be able to address people and share about God with people who are seeking or who already know God to some extent, but actually we're, we're here to share the love of God to even opposition, Amen. to even those who wouldn't have a clue what we're talking about to begin with. But they are called to know God as well, and we are chosen to bring his love, to bring his message into their lives. It's interesting, isn't it? Peter does do incredible things. He achieves great things, if you will, by the Holy Spirit. But it's about him becoming. And that's the same for us. We will do great things. We will do great things this year. You will do great things this year. But it's more about you becoming the person God has created you to be and being part of the family that God has created you to be part of in this time, in this season. You are a wellspringer. You are the wellspring. You are a spring of the Holy Spirit that will come to overflow. God will fill you in a new way this year so that streams of living water will overflow and transform the wastelands, the wilderness, rebuild the ancient walls. This is what our mandate is as Wellspring Church. And I, alongside the other leaders, are committed to seeing this vision become a reality. Not even for your sake or mine, but for his. Because he is worthy of it. And I want to live for him. And I know you do too. And the invitation is to you by name today to become all that God has created you to be. So finally, just to summarise, this is a journey of becoming the wellspring the Wellspring family. And this is a journey of becoming stronger in faith, deeper in prayer, bolder in witness by what God has chosen. And I don't even know how those things will actually happen completely because I believe God will share with the wider family how we're going to do this. It's not just on us as leadership, but it's on us as a family. We can all hear God and God does speak to us just in different ways. Heavenly Father has chosen us to be the wellspring. We belong to him. The church belongs to him. The family belongs to him. So let him lead. I'm just going to prepare our hearts now before we go into a song. So I want you to take the opportunity right now. How is the Holy Spirit encouraging you and maybe challenging you or maybe bringing you to a place of confession and surrender? How? Is the Holy Spirit going to make you stronger in faith this year? Heavenly Father, I just invite your Holy Spirit right now to minister to every heart watching and listening and engaging and in this room to lead us and to guide us. Show us what it means to become stronger in faith. Show us what it means to belong to you. So God, as we respond now and as we go into this worship song, I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would minister to us Minister to us deeply right now. I pray against all distractions. Help us, Lord God, to throw those things away and to put you on. Put us on you. In Jesus' name. Amen.